Everyone is welcome to enjoy this podcast. However, it is not for the weak. Some may find facts discussed in these cases to be deeply disturbing. Listeners' discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. How are you guys doing today? If you are a returning listener, hey, friend, welcome back. And if you are new to this podcast, I am giving an even bigger welcome to you. And I just want to say welcome to Crime and Wine Podcast. I am your host, Sydney. And I just want to thank you all for tuning in and joining me on another beautiful Friday evening. It's lit over here, you guys. For all you new people, if you didn't know, now you know, okay? (laughs) Before we get into this episode, I have to personally give a huge trigger warning and let you all know that this case is going to be a lot to digest and because all details discussed are deeply disturbing and involves a lot of sexual assault and torture. But not to fear i am not going to go into too much detail because i honestly couldn't even stomach the details myself and also another disclaimer there is going to be a lot of profanity more profanity than usual so just be prepared but it's just to let you guys know that this case really pissed me off okay now I wanted to do this case because your girl loves a good theme and as we all know the new Barbie movie just came out today so I felt compelled to talk about Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka also known as the Ken and Barbie killers. So with that being said we know the drill by now grab your wine because i already have mine and let's dive into this episode and you guys please again as you're listening keep that trigger warning in the back and the front of your heads because it's gonna get pretty pretty trifling okay so here we go paul bernardo was born on august 27 1964 in scarsborough canada his parents name were kenneth and marilyn bernardo And his father, Kenneth, was described as being a very disgusting and vile human being. And he had a very long rap sheet of sexual assaults. And he even was caught molesting his own daughter, Paul's sister, and would violently beat his wife and kids. Now, Paul's mother, Marilyn, was diagnosed with depression and would often just leave the family on her own to go visit her side of the family, just leaving the kids in the care of their father and to their demise, and would eventually move herself to the basement of the home to be completely separated from the family, which is absolutely bananas to me, because why not just take the kids and go? Like, literally run 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 as fast as you can like the gingerbread man like i me personally i would have been gone okay like as soon as that man would have lifted his private parts up high enough to his chest to get bold enough to put his hands on me or my kids i was up okay I'm going to wait until he is asleep, unconscious in the bed. And yes, I'm saying unconscious because little did he know I put something in his drink at dinner to knock his ass out. And then I'm going to strap him to the bed, pack my kids up, light a match and throw it out, the, throw it in the uh, door as I'm walking out. Okay. And 
Yeah, I've been coming up with so many uh, scenarios in my head. It's crazy. It's crazy. And babe, look, if you're listening, don't be scared, okay? You have nothing to worry about, I promise. Unless you try me. And then we're going to be sitting here one Friday covering you, okay? Okay. I'm just what? <laughs> All right, y'all, let me move on. <laughs> so I'm guessing you guys can tell that we are not starting off good here. And it just gets worse. But you can kind of see how the acts of his father is kind of going to be one of the things to jumpstart Paul's unfortunate career because there is no telling what Paul was seeing or what he was a part of at a very young age, okay? So as a child, Paul was described as always being happy and would just walk around with a smile on his face. But as he got older, he became very obsessed with the novel American Psycho. And if you are a true crime fan, do you know what I'm talking about? And you know that that man was batshit crazy. <laughs> now, Paul's reign of terror would start at just 16 years old when his mother would reveal to him that his father, Kenneth, was not his biological father and that Paul was a result of an extramarital affair. So instead of being happy that this disgusting, vile person was not his father, he decided to turn this into rage and would, from that moment forward, verbally abuse and disrespect his mother and would frequently call her a whore and a slob, etc. on a day-to-day -day basis. And he would later use this hatred towards his mother against his future innocent victims. So after high school, Paul decided to go into sales. And this is where he would use his salesman tactics to study how to entice women and would practice pickup lines and bars to use to manipulate women into going into into going home with him as well as using them on the streets to pick up women so in the early morning of may 4th 1987 a young woman was getting off the bus in scarsborough ontario where she was grabbed and brutally assaulted right near her parents home and literally the day after that on may 5th another young woman was kidnapped from the bus stop once again and assaulted in the backyard of her parents home now these terrible and horrible acts will continue and he would assault multiple women throughout the years the victims were between the ages of 15 and 21 and the attacks included beatings verbal abuse and threats to discourage the victims from going to the police. Now, unbeknownst to the police, who the suspect was at the time, Paul was quickly named the Scarsborough Rapist, and this reign of terror lasted at least five years, and during this time, he assaulted or attempted to assault over 19 women, and this isn't even the official count. However, he wasn't always successful and there were a couple victims who fought him off and whooped his ass until he fled the scene, rightfully so. And one of these times was in 1990 
when one of Paul's victims would survive the attack because she, like I said, whooped his ass to the point where he had to run away. And she was able to give police an accurate description of her attacker. And Paul was finally brought in for questioning. Unfortunately, he was fully cooperative and would volunteer to give police samples of his DNA, which honestly that's it's a little too bold for me like he was really feeling himself okay and that really must have been the case because detectives decide to let him go due to him being com compliant and them saying that they weren't suspicious of him at all and so once they let him go he seemed to go a little more off the hinges than he already was and this is when he met and fell in love with Carla Homoka. Carla Homoka was born in the year 1970 in Ontario, Canada to Dorothy Seeger and Carol Homoka. Carla's father, Carol, was an immigrant from Czechoslovakia and was known as a hardworking salesman who was always away from home. And he had a terrible drinking problem that made him verbally abuse his wife and kids. So we can see that we aren't at a good start for Carla either. Now, Carla was described as a very well-adjusted, pretty, and popular girl throughout her entire life. But on the other hand, she would also sometimes be described as a real biatch by her friends because she would always boss them around and pretty much walked around like she was just a hot bag of shit, okay? And she would, and unfortunately, I say unfortunately, because at this point in time, we don't know the details of the things that she did. So without context, this is unfortunate that she would have frequent spells of depression and would confess to her friends that she has tried to take her own life multiple times. But this was not taken seriously because Carla was known to exaggerate things and be overly dramatic so her friends thought she was making this up for attention. And there was a story that I read about how Carla made her friends help her make a parachute for one of her friend's hamsters and these helpers just threw the hamster out the window knowing damn well that parachute was not gonna work so of course the hamster died and to make matters worse a few weeks later she goes and digs up the hamster because she's curious about what a decomposing body will look like and to add piss to the flame <laughs> it was reported that carla had a so-called love for animals and uh, this would influence her decision to start working at a veterinary clinic right after high school. Now that is so sick to me because there is no telling what she was doing to those animals while she was in there, okay? But that is honestly so crazy and scary to me because I honestly talk about this all the time. 
how the worst literally the worst people end up being the ones having jobs and careers where people and animals lives are literally in their hands and at their disposals and i mean doctors nurses and clearly veterinarians i gotta watch out for them and don't even get me started on the people working in nursing homes they are the most vile and evil human beings right alongside with these fools that we are about to get into now so Paul met Carla Homoka in 1987 when he was 23 and she was just 17 years old. That's like red flag number 56, but okay, whatever. They had an unfortunate but immediate connection, which only intensified for the worst when Paul discovered that unlike any of the other girls he had dated in the past, Carla shared the same sick fantasies that he did. And this is when they decided to turn into one of the most notorious and might I please add disgusting couples in Canada. And it was later learned that the dynamic of this relationship was Paul being the abusive master and Carla being the willing slave. See, Paul was the one taking the girls and brutally assaulting them, allegedly, all throughout Scarsborough by himself with Carla by his side, giving her, giving him her approval. And they quickly became the infamous Ken and Barbie killers. The couple would later get engaged, but even so, during this time, it was reported that Paul was getting quote-unquote bored with this relationship. And he would begin to complain to Carla about her not being a virgin when they met. Okay, let's, let's, let's let that sink in. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and take a sip because this is where the details get pretty bad. So, as I stated before, please listen with discretion and I will not be giving explicit details, but trust me. It is not going to lessen the blow. So let's take your sip and here we go. So Paul decided to turn his sick attention to Carla's 15-year-old sister, Tammy. And on December 23rd, 1990, while at a Christmas party at the Homoka family home, oh my gosh, this guys, this is going to piss me off. Carla would spike her sister's drink with animal anesthetics that she stole from the clinic where she worked. And while the rest of the family went to sleep, Tammy fell unconscious and Carla held a halothane-soaked cloth over her sister's mouth and took turns sexually assaulting her with her fiancé, Paul all the while videotaping the whole brutal incident. So during this terrible act, Tammy began to choke on her own vomit and the couple started to panic and they tried to hide the evidence before calling the ambulance. But Tammy never regained consciousness and was pronounced dead not long after arriving to the hospital. Now, 
there was a mysterious chemical burn on Tammy's mouth. And I'm guessing from the chemical that she was drugged with. But it was determined to be unserious at the time. And the drugs were also not detected in her system either. So her death was just ruled as an accident as the result of choking on vomit from the alcohol poisoning. And once again, the Cannon Barbie killers evaded the police with no remorse for doing something so unfathomable and sadistic to her own family. So you would think that after committing such a horrifying crime that they would chill the F out and go sit down somewhere because obviously prison was not an option for them at the time. But oh no, this just puts the battery in their, in their backs and made them even more effed up. So in 1991... Krusty Carla would lure a teenager that she befriended at work to her home that she shared with Psycho Paul. And the couple then again would drug and sexually assault the girl all while videotaping the whole thing. And this Jane Doe would survive, but unlike the last victim that escaped, the victim would end up with no memory of the horrific events that just played. So in the midst of their psychotic breakdowns, these motherfuckers decide, oh, hey, this seems like the perfect time for us to get married. They married on June 29th, 1991. And guys, literally on the same day while the wedding was going on, guess what happened? See, there was this couple that were out canoeing you know just enjoying their day having a grand old time treading the waters of lake gibson when they came across some body parts that were hidden in concrete blocks under the water now those body parts will later be determined to belong to a 14 year old girl by the name of leslie mahaffey who disappeared just days earlier on june 15th so it will later be discovered that, of course, the Ken and Barbie killers did in fact kidnap Leslie and abused her over the course of several days leading up to their wedding. Now, as these discoveries were being made, Ken and Barbie were enjoying, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Paul and Carla were enjoying their wedding ceremony and oh my gosh their extra asses had the nerve to have a horse-drawn carriage as their entrance i mean the audacity to sit there and try to have themselves some kind of fairy tale princess wedding like they haven't been the two disgusting predators who literally just dumped a little girl's body right before the wedding like these people these people really just pissed me off oh what pisses me off even more is that people keep describing these pricks as handsome and beautiful and attractive when look the first thing i said when i saw when i saw the wedding pictures was they look absolutely deranged and that white suit and dress that they had the audacity to put on needed to be white straight jackets especially paul ass because he had his psychotic break at 16 years old and i'm sure even before that and don't even get me started on meth head barbie over here throwing hamsters out windows and shit like 
<sighs> this is <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so moving on to some more of these horrific acts. And guys, I'm so look. I know this case is disturb. I know this case is disturbing. Okay, but just know that. I do have wine in my system, so I am laughing. And I'm not laughing at the case. I'm most likely laughing at myself. So, guys, please don't get offended. <laughs> please don't get offended by my little chuckles every now and then. I am still personally this just as disgusted by this case as you are. Okay? So, just throwing that out there. <laughs> so, the couple struck again. And this time, kidnapping 15-year-old Kristen French, where they left her body bruised and battered with her hair partially shaved in a ditch alongside a road. And I have honestly no idea why they would, why would they shave her head? Anyway, so finally... After the police decided to take a six-year-long piss and smoke break, they started to connect some dots and were seeing similarities in the murders of Leslie and Christy and found that they were, in fact, connected. And after a release of a composite sketch that resembled Paul Bernardo, along with some tips that were called in, which... Most of these tips came from Paul's co-workers and friends who reported his disturbing lust for violence. So one night in a turn of events in January of 1993, Carla and Paul got into a fight which resulted in him viciously beating her with a flashlight. And Carla then ends up leaving Paul and going straight to the police to tell them that her husband was the Scarsboro rapist and provided them with DNA samples taken from Paul that turned up as a match for the Scarsboro rapist. And he was put under surveillance before eventually being arrested in March of 1993. And during the trial, Carla claimed that Paul told her that he sexually assaulted over 30 women and that he forced her to continue these horrifying acts along with him, all while abusing and sexually assaulting her as well. And by her testifying this, this is what turned the Ken and Barbie killers against each other. So the judge agreed to a 12-year sentence in exchange for Carla's cooperation, but this backfired tremendously when all of the videotapes that had every single crime that they committed, it was discovered and her abusive victim facade was over and she was deemed nothing more than a willing participant. And even then, she still only served the 12-year sentence that was agreed upon because apparently the papers were already signed and they were too lazy to overturn it. So they let this heifer go after only 12 years, which left the families of the victims as well as the community completely outraged. 
Okay, so y'all will never believe this. Okay, look. So Carla was eventually released in 2005. And soon after, she got remarried and had the nerve to have a child with this man. Whoever this man may be. And he's sick for knowing what this woman did and still decided to marry her and have a kid with him with her. That is just, uh, I cannot even imagine what the hell was going through their minds. Now, Paul, on the other hand, was found guilty of all charges against him and was sentenced to life in prison for torturing and sexually assaulting 13 women. And he was charged for the murder of those two little girls, Leslie and Kristen. And I just want to say... Peace be upon these two and as well as Tammy because honestly, if the police did their jobs, then they could have caught him, they could have caught him way before any of these traumatic experiences even happened and maybe possibly even before these two girls had to lose their lives. So guys, that is all I have for you tonight and I don't know about you, but I'm kind of happy that that is over. <laughs> We made it through, we made it to the end, and I hope I did not ruin you guys' mentals a little too much for the night. Hopefully you can still enjoy your weekend or whatever. <laughs> but besides that, I truly hope that you enjoyed this episode, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining me again, and don't forget to meet me back here at 7 p.m. next Friday night for episode 5. Yes, you guys, we are moving right along, getting these cases out. Do you hear me? Okay, I am not playing any game. <laughs> so, lesson for today. Even though someone may look harmless and attractive, it does not mean that they could not turn out to be your worst nightmares. So be diligent, you guys, and use your gifts of discernment so divine intervention can do its job and keep you from these situations and out of harm's way just because someone was nice on the eyes to you okay and with that being said stay safe and if you can't fight you better take flight so i don't have to cover your case next friday night bye